Well, hello and welcome back to the Archaeology News. I am, of course, your jovial host, if not genial host, David Conley. Coming to you from a rather rainy and wet Scotland, but uh, I'm sure it is absolutely lovely where you are. And hopefully you are somewhere that you're doing some archaeology. Or if you're not doing some archaeology, then you're going to be going to some archaeology quite soon. Anyway... Let us get along to the news itself. And, uh, by the way, we should all wish uh, Diego and family the best wishes in their move, because I know how stressful a move can be. So remember, just breathe and think of all these fabulous archaeology stories that you're about to listen to. So here we go. And, of course, all stories have been collected from various sources. And to view the details in each story, including that all-important source... Well, you'll have to go along to the Stone Pages website at news.stonepages.com. We've got five stories for you just now. We've got a possible forerunner, all controversial, like it, forerunner to the Chinese language written down. We've got the Epigravetian remains being found in France. That's a fascinating story. And could we have communicated with Neanderthals? Well, I'm not going to tell you. You just have to wait and find out. Then we have an Ice Age figurine's head being found and reunited in Germany. And we finish with a story that's all about boot, oh, sorry, manure, which was used by Europe's first farmers 8,000 years ago. When an ancient symbol is found in isolation, well, it's classed as, you guessed it, a symbol. If a series of symbols are found in a row adjacent to each other, then it could be said to form a word. Now, just such a row of symbols etched into part of a stone axe head are starting to cause a debate in China. The piece of, uh, several pieces of axe head, in fact, were put together, were actually discovered between 2003 and 2006, but the markings did not raise any questions until more recent studies were carried out by the Institute of Cultural Relics and Archaeology. The stone fragments were excavated from a site in eastern China in the Lanzhou area and have been dated to approximately 3000 BCE. The marks or symbols bear some resemblance to Chinese characters but predate any examples of early Chinese writing by approximately 1400 years. The conjecture and debate arises from the interpretation of the marks. The fact that six of these symbols appear in a continuous string has led to the belief that they form a word or a sentence. Strength is given to the argument by the fact that a couple of the symbols bear a striking resemblance to the modern Chinese word for person. Mm. But Chinese scholars are in total agreement. One archaeologist from Fudan University in Shanghai is quoted as saying, I don't think they should be considered writing by the strictest definition. We do not have enough material to pin down how these markings fit into the history of ancient writing. Good man. Now, let's fly across to France, where hopefully things are not as controversial. The Upper Paleolithic period in Europe, in fact. This lasted between 50,000 to 10,000 BCE, and in the later stages of the period, between about 17,000 to 10,000 BCE, a culture known as the Epigravetian flourished across the Mediterranean, Central and Eastern Europe. Now, for the first time, the remains of a member of that culture has been found in southeast France, at a site known as Cougier-les-Pins. 
A team of archaeologists from INRAP, that's the French National Institute for Archaeology, have been investigating the site since March 2013. And although the remains are currently being carbon-14 dated, it is believed that the original assumptions on date and period are correct. If so, then, this would be a find of special significance. Of the eight sites where Epigravetian remains have so far been found, all are located in either caves or rock shelters. This would be the first one found at an outdoor camp. This site is proving to be quite lucrative in other ways, as several artefacts have already been found from the Middle Neolithic as well. That's four and a half to 4,000 BCE. And of course, if you want to see a little bit more about that story, then why not pop along to Past Horizons, type in Epigravetian, I'm sure you can spell it, and you'll be treated to the story. Now, could we communicate with Neanderthals? A recent study has been led by Dan Dedue, who is a senior investigator of the Languages and Genetics Department of the Max Planck Institute for Psycholinguistics, based in Nimogen in the Netherlands. Would you not love to have that job title? To see if we can communicate them, well... This is the question. The main aim of the Institute is to study the neural and genetic basis of language, as well as the cultural aspects. Neanderthal DNA was analysed and results showed that they possessed a gene which in modern man is known to be involved in language and speech. And this should be coupled with the fact that they also have a hyoid bone. This is the bone located at the base of the mouth and via muscle connections helps the tongue to move and swallow. In addition, it allows for pharyngeal and laryngeal movements, which in turn allow us to create a, a wide range of sounds. So, did they speak like us and would we have been able to understand them? Dan's got a theory. If our proposal is correct, then we might not only carry some Neanderthal genes in our own genomes as traces of our past encounters, but also our language might as, w- as well preserve some faint signature of their language. But until rigorous testing is attempted, this has to remain pure. But I have to say, rather exciting speculation. Mm. Now to Germany, where we've got this Ice Age figurine. Researchers, in fact, from the University of Tübingen, who have successfully reattached the newly discovered head of a prehistoric mammoth ivory figurine that was first discovered back in 1931. The head was found during renewed excavations at the Vogelherd cave in Germany, a site um, exactly on the original dig in 1931. The recent excavations, began between 2005 and 2012, have yielded a number of important finds. The discovery of this ivory head helps to complete a figurine which now can be recognised as a lion and demonstrates that it is possible to reassemble often very fragmentary figurines from earlier excavations. Vogelherd Cave is located in the Lone Valley of southwestern Germany and is by far the richest of the four caves in the region that has produced examples of early figurative art dating back, wait for it, as far as 40,000 years ago. Overall, Vogelherd Cave has yielded more than two dozen figurines and fragments of figurines. While the work of fitting together thousands of tiny fragments of mammoth ivory is just beginning, the remarkable lion figurine, now with its head, forms an important part of the display of the earliest art at the Museum of the University of Tübingen in Hohenschwingen Castle. And we finish with this story. 
It always been assumed that manure wasn't used as a fertilizer until the Iron Age Roman periods in Europe. However, a new research shows that in rich levels of nitrogen 15, a stable isotope abundant in manure has been found in the charred cereal grains and pulse seeds taken from all 13 Neolithic sites around Europe. The study, published in the journal Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, suggests that Neolithic farmers used the dung from their herds of cattle, sheep, goats and pigs as a slow-release fertiliser for crops. Manuring involves a long-term investment in arable land because dung breaks down very slowly and crops benefit from its nutrients over many years. This new theory indicates a very long-term approach to farming. We're not looking at slash and burn here. The authors conclude that early farmers recognised the inherent value of intensively managed land and sought to maintain it for their descendants. This new perspective overturns a traditional view held by scholars that Neolithic farmers were nomadic people who just slashed and burned to create temporary farmland for their crops. Lead author Dr Amy Bogard from the School of of Archaeology at the University of Oxford said that the fact that farmers made such a long-term investment such as manuring their land, sheds new light on the very nature of early farming landscapes in the Neolithic. The idea that farmland could be cared for by the same family for generations seems to be a very advanced notion. But rich, fertile land would have been viewed as extremely valuable for growing crops. This suggests that land was viewed as a commodity to be inherited. Social differences in early European farming communities started to emerge between the haves and the have-nots. This territoriality of early farming groups may help to explain documented events of the period involving extreme violence. The study cites the example of a Neolithic mass burial from the late 6th century millennium BCE at Talheim in Germany, which preserves the remains, quite shockingly, of a community entirely killed by the assailants wielding stone axes, just like those used to clear the land. I've often said, actually, that uh, possibly one of the worst steps that humanity ever made was farming, because it's here that... Well, you have two things, really. You start with what might be the confinement of females into a almost a baby-rearing machine. And as soon as you have this concept of my land and a fence, then you're going to start to create a massive tension. Anyway, enough for my wild musings. I will, of course, ask you to pop along to Past Horizons, your favourite archaeology news projects and archaeological tool store. Yes, archaeological tools. So do not delay. Find yourself a fabulous trowel, perhaps a photographic scale. What about the new... Oh, I'll tell you what, there's a, an absolutely gorgeous thing. It's this uh, photo board that says that now. Rubberized groove board. Wow, love it. Anyway, of course, you'll also pop along to Badger, www.bajr.org, for all your UK archaeological opportunities. And remember, more can always be found at Stone Pages. Yes, Stone Pages, news.stonepages.com. Well, thank you very much for listening to Archaeology News. We hope you'll return again next week. Well, I will tell you how I got on at the Edinburgh Fringe, because I, I hate to say it, but this Thursday I'm actually doing a terrible thing. Uh, I am doing... Uh, performance archaeology live in front of a crowd uh, down at uh, North Berwick uh, just 
about 20 miles south of Edinburgh. So if you're in fact around, then do please pop in and you can have a laugh as I attempt performance archaeology. It can work. Mm-hmm. 